We're welcoming everybody to the Code Switching Podcast. Uh, today, our guest is Jerome Cunningham, a buddy of mine from SESU, um, from Connecticut, and uh, made it to the NFL by ways of hard work and determination and the understanding that we push on every single day so that we can uh, make a better life and future for ourselves, our families, and everything else that we have to uh, to uh, actually make sure that things are going the right way for us. You know what I mean? Uh, just us being uh, men of color, it's always good to see someone who you were not only like grow up with because i feel like that's what it was for us in college you know we we got there and we started to understand that uh everything wasn't the same as uh growing up where we did uh, we saw a lot of people who didn't look like us we saw a lot of people who came from lives that were just a little bit better than us if either it was financially having both parents in the home something you know that that was something that we we had to deal with and uh the uh as we say with our uh, podcast, code switching uh, to us means a lot. So we just want to start off by just asking you, what does code switching mean to you, Jerome? Like, I feel like it's just, I mean, it's just ingrained in us. I mean, I think it's just a, a way of survival for the most part. I mean, you know, as we know, are you know full aware, like you know, we are we aren't the dominant species. So uh, this is one of those things where we're just trying to. Um, follow suit and try to appease and try to relate and relate to the dominant species essentially. So, um, but essentially what that is, is, you know, what it is, is switching from, you know, language to language or, um, I mean, my opinion is basically being able to put on what I've learned in NFL, which is putting on when she stepped inside the facility, you're almost code switching into like, putting on this face and making sure that you're you're basically watched twenty four seven. And you know, like how we were in college, like the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Well in the NFL the eye in the sky doesn't lie and it's in every single corner of the building. Absolutely. <laughs> so for the most part, yeah, you gotta you know shoot that straight narrow path and essentially, you know, follow suit and you know, that's what you know, kind of hinders a lot of players' success in the league is because some players don't actually get the opportunity to express themselves because of the fact that they have to keep that shield up and they're not able to be, not not able to show their unique and cultural traits that they possess. So ultimately, yeah, that's, there's, you know, it's two different forms or multiple forms of it, but yeah, that's, that's just two examples I can think of off the top of my head. Understood, understood. And uh, I guess just seeing that from a different perspective, um, it, 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 it broadens the understanding that, okay, yeah, we are normal people. We try to be as regular as possible. Uh, just being minorities, we try to be regular. We try to, um, how do you say, like acclimate towards what other people are doing. But at the same time, do we lose ourselves in, in, in that, you know, and in, in trying to act a certain way do we lose ourselves? i mean if you want can you get in more to like where you're from you know and and like how code switching kind of helped you not necessarily move forward but it gave you that opportunity to move forward 
I mean, it just it's just one of those things where you know you learn at a at a young age because I'm from Waterbury, Connecticut, and a lot of people don't make it out, and ultimately you look at the people who didn't make it out, and you know they're doing the stuff that obviously were you know illegal and other stuff, whether it be not you know attending school or you know um, basically just getting suspended, you know, basically doing not living the, the straight you know, path, but um, ultimately you got some other people that are living good lives too, and then they get stuck in that path. But ultimately, I just wanted to make sure that I was able to make it out. And the only way that I was able to was to make sure that I was focusing on my grades. So making sure I focus on my grades, but also making sure that I'm articulating myself well and being able to hold well in conversations because, you know, yeah, I learned at a very young age, like, you know, I knew a lot of people that were book smart, but never had the opportunity. And it's like, sometimes it's not, you know, what you know is who you know. Exactly. So, you know, ultimately, what you, what you learn is, you know, being a young black male is that to get in those conversations, to get in those circles, I had to speak a certain way and had to did not really lose all my baggage, but basically just, hey, like, my stuff is just underneath the plane. I'm just going to come and get it in baggage like get it. You know, we're just going to have this conversation. But, and if the conversation, you know, so luckily some of those conversations, yeah, they ask for your background, but ultimately you're leaving that baggage behind because you're trying to advance yourself and, you know, have a live a better life than you, you grew up ultimately living. And, you know, the more and more you you realize that more and more you're able to, I don't know, like basically understand the fact that you can ultimately control what you, your, what, you what your destiny is, basically, you know, mm-hmm. by your level of education mm-hmm. and moving in and out of different circles. Okay, when you, um, how you doing, first of all? When you speak of articulate, when you speak of articulating yourself, I want to pick up right there because you said, you know, coming up in your neighborhood, you want to make it out of your neighborhood to a better neighborhood. So you speak of you want to learn how to, you want to take care of your education, your grades, and articulating yourself. I believe that's the code switching that we've been hitting on right there. Because are you saying you didn't feel that you could articulate yourself in a way that you had already learned that was okay in your household, in your neighborhood, amongst people who look like you? to make it to those better institutions, to make it to those better neighborhoods, uh, to a better stage in life? I, I mean, I just felt like it was just like one of those things, like as, when I was younger, that was what I felt like, like I needed to uh, articulate. I mean, ultimately I'm articulating myself well, regardless, but yeah, I felt as though like, like, yes, my, like, there's people in my circle that, you know, that's like, that know everything about- We know exactly what you're saying. And like, they could put a car together, but you know, they don't, you know, come off the, the right way. You know, they mm-hmm. don't check themselves about. But yeah, like, it's one of those things where, you know, everyone learns differently. And what I learned was just for my own personal take for me to advance. And that, that might not work for, you know, everyone, but that's what helped me advance was to basically not really follow suit. Like I didn't really like lose my cultural. Like I mean, I still you know wear you know. Of course, we get it. Yeah. My cultural background, but 
I mean, yeah, I, I do feel myself basically, you know, it's exhausting trying to play both sides of the fence. Absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 you know. And I can intervene right there. I want to jump back a little bit to where, just for our viewers, how you spoke in college, and we know of former college athletes, and how you kind of spoke between college and the NFL, and you kind of spoke the eye of the eye in the sky. So if the viewers don't know, we all know that's film when we're being watched on the camera, and we review every practice, every little thing you do mm-hmm. with uh, coaching staff. And you said you did that in college to an extent as far as practice. So you would still leave, and you would kind of gravitate to more people in college from your community being in these predominant um, white college campuses. Am I kind of right? I mean, I, to be honest with you, I was in a lot of circles. Like, I was in, you know, I was in... He sure was. <laughs> I didn't get that. Could you try again? You know, there's so many different uh, circles. So, you know, was it going to be football players? Was it be, you know, black, white, um, you know, girls, softball, you know what I'm saying, uh, men's soccer like you know i just basically touch base with a lot of different cultures like that's just you know because growing up in waterbury in my neighborhood it was just i never really saw color like mm. and it just i don't know i just i just felt more familiarized and i was able to get into different circles and different walks yeah, well, you were intrigued the fact that i, I had a good background yeah, exactly. well, that was my same experience to where I, I was um, raised in a neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri, to where I didn't, I was not aware of a lot of culture. And then I went to high school in Los Angeles where it was a bunch of culture, but it was still like the inner city amongst all of you, see what I'm saying? When I got to college, I was around a lot of kids to where my graduating class was 900 students. I was friends and uh, study partners and in groups with kids who graduating class was 23 students or grew up in a town who had a graduating class of I've heard the lowest number I think was 11. Exactly. So that was insane to me and we were very different and um, you know growing up I predominantly heard hip-hop and pop music now you know I'm friends or you know meshing and building friendships with people who predominant music growing up was country music on a college campus and what we have in common is we're trying to obtain our education, but we're learning naturally so much about one another's culture and upbringing. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the coolest things to me. That was the best thing about college for me, was like getting to become friends with people from different backgrounds and grow and kind of learn these uh, learn these people. And, you know, with our coaches, you know, my coach was a Caucasian male, so he was very open with us about, you know, with his family. I'm pretty sure it was just like your guys' coach was, and I got to see that dynamic, and that was great for me. So, um, and that was the best thing about college for me was to grow culturally. I think I think that one of the things just growing up in Connecticut, um, we, you know, you would have an entire team of black kids and have a white coach. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, it, that was one of the things in, in just Connecticut in general with playing sports. So it opened our eyes to, wow, you know, white people do care about us. And you're talking about kids who, grow up in these inner city neighborhoods that don't necessarily see people that are different than them. So when you get coached by, you know, these Caucasian males and everything else, what happens is, is that you start to understand that not everybody is bad. You know, the, 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 the 
narrative in these inner city places growing up in Hartford was that white people are either judges, cops, or everything else, but they don't understand that there are, you know, there were white people who came into these hoods and helped us out and they and they loved us and, and we and they showed us a different dynamic to that. Uh jumping forward, Jerome, what do you think or do you have any examples of, you know, just seeing certain people make it out of college and then they get into the into the NFL and they don't necessarily know how to code switch or they weren't because they were the star of the team in certain places, they were just given everything and then when they got to the nfl it was just like dude like if you can't conform to this you're out of here do you have any examples of that or i mean there was a uh i mean i won't bring up his name but like it was a guy who he was on uh the giants and it was one of those things where like he would like tell how it was but like how we're having a dialogue like the, like the boys talk mm-hmm. like not the podcast but like the boys like he would talk to the coaches that way. And I'm like, bro, like, all right, listen, it's just one of those things where you're in a professional environment and you know that, like, this is the, this is the New York Giants. Like, this, is the, this is the IBM. Regardless of record, like, the Giants are viewed as the IBM of, you know, professional sports. Absolutely. Football in general. Yeah, like, just a good organization. Like, they did HGH testing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was one of the first few players, like, to get that done. Like, literally, I saw on ESPN, they announced that it was going to be testing, and then the next day, you would think, like, oh, the Giants were going to be the first one, but they're the first team to do a lot of stuff and get a lot of stuff done. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where he just lost that, you know, like, yeah, like, he had that cultural background, mm-hmm. which we were in, 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 in touch with, but ultimately he, he lost that, that professionalism just because of the fact that he didn't want to, you know, like, not to say he, like, this is, this is the funny thing about Alex, like, 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 the guy was great, but he just didn't want to put down that, that, that shield. Now, when you speak of professionalism, did he ever have it? Was he just being real and honest? Was he just being himself? He probably never had it, you know, being genuine that's, was that's just the problem. That's the problem so, that sometimes we're not taught that. Yeah. So what happens is if when you get there, since no one's ever, I wouldn't necessarily say check you, but I remember coaches sometimes at you at, at Southern that would tell us, like, you're not in the hood anymore. You know what I mean? Like, we had coaches that would blatantly tell us, like, look, you're not in the hood anymore. You're not back home. Stop acting like this. This is how you have to behave. This is how you have to act. Not in order for you. Exactly. Easier yeah. way to say it. Exactly. Better way to yeah. say it. I mean, that's a good way because, I mean, I don't want to talk about the man's situation because I didn't know about his background. But I don't know. Maybe he was just giving everything and you never know. He's just, you feel entitled to it. Like, I don't know. It was, it was just, it, it hurt me because I'm not, not hurt me, but like, it's just like, as a teammate, just sitting there like, dude, like, all you have to do is just, all right, listen, like, just, just, just say, exactly. Okay, and then we good. Then we move on. And then we good. Like, exactly. Now, do you, now, do you think it's, I mean, I, I, so let, let me get into the fact that, I mean, Jerome's been in the NFL. You've been in the NFL for years now. How do you see it? Like, do you see it as if we don't conform, we don't move forward? Or do you see it as the NFL should, or maybe just all pro sports, like, do you think they should accept us for who we are and, and how we are? 
or do you see it's because we because we had this conversation Lionel, between uh, the both of us do you think code switching is forced or do you think that it is something that we have to do as minorities in order to get into these places i mean i i just feel like just like if you ultimately have those your hidden motive or what you want to ultimately you know go after and pursue like yeah like you have to you know build up those connections why why build why, why burn bridges you know what i'm saying like this is I, true. I just feel like i mean like close missions i don't know i mean I feel like I don't know. It just it just feel I feel in, like in, I I feel it's a benefit to be able to go from that both ends and absolutely be smart and also book smart like absolutely. Just, that's the reason why I'm just torn at it because I'm like post yeah. All right, well, I got the best of both worlds. Like I'm exactly. Smart. It's the chameleonism. It's the it's it's the chameleonism. It's it's being able to change your colors, your spots, and everything in order to. And I've always looked at it and and and. I hate to say it this way because I feel like people get offended, but I always felt like it was a benefit to me because I could change who I am. You know what I mean? Like I could say, all right, yeah, I'll go chill with my boys on the block and I'll go do whatever. But then I can go into a board room and, you know, change my vernacular and speak the right way. But is it necessary the right way? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just adhering to what people need you to do. I just I just think that we ultimately shouldn't have to do it as much because, you know, what I think, like, you know, it just comes down to education. Like, we got to educate more white people on the cultural, like, what is, you know, like, hairstyles, clothing, you know what I'm saying? Keep educating them. I, you know, keep pushing It's sad, but, like, I <laughs> got to educate more and more people so that we don't have to keep switching from back and forth. Exactly. So we can allow to be, we can be ourselves more. Exactly. Yeah, it can't be a one-sided uh, thing. I feel like if the athlete needs to code switch to survive in this community, you know, on a college campus that's predominantly Caucasian or however you mean to call it, I feel like those individuals in the leadership positions or upper, you know, those campuses should kind of understand the athlete from the hood as well, which naturally happens. I was giving my spill about college and meeting people from different places like that naturally happens on both ends. So yes, is it a, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, but should one side feel like they should have to code switch more than the next? I don't think that's yeah. right. I feel like we should both be there. Just like exactly. you kind of said, uh, you got a team that's 80% African-American being coached by a, a white coach. Well, I would want that, you know, that white coach to understand, to try this to is, understand this, this the culture. Lingo, yeah, you know this I mean? is the lingo. Yeah. So, as long as they do that, I'm fine with it. I do believe it's a good thing uh, on both ends, if it's on both ends. But I don't want I don't want the the young African American athlete to have to feel like they have to conform to be successful at the sport. Because that's what some people get lost. They're like, I just want to play. Like I don't want to yeah. do all the other stuff or act, you know, white or whatever so called. But yes, it helps to be versatile in any aspect of life. I believe. Now in a, in. In that, um, in the professional sport realm, I mean, obviously, I know you can't get too far into everything that's going on, obviously, because you have to watch what you say sometimes, and that's the eye in the, the sky, way, and that's just the way it works. <laughs> but as far as the social injustices that you see going on, have you felt like the NFL has done enough to 
to, to adhere, you know, so that you feel better about it? Or do you think the NFL still has a ways to go in a sense of like reaching out to the players and saying, hey, like, what do you think about this? Because I know it's more the players, the players union that's just like, yo, what are you guys doing for us? But how do you feel like it's going personally? I just feel like, you know, yeah, that, you know, the NBA had a jump, great, you know, jump start to it. And I just feel like if we just, you know, not really crown the winner, but like, you know, say he's doing the best job, then it's just, I just feel like we're just going to move on to the next thing. So I just think we just not really like crown the chamber, we just need to keep pushing forward. But yeah, I think, you know, the NFL will continue to, you know, have more messages, especially. You know, during the season in, in the stadium. Um, but, uh, yeah, the NBA looks right now that they're doing a lot more because, you know, the season's going on. But, I mean, at the current moment, they did, you know, a decent job. But, I mean, at any event, um, I'm holding everyone to a higher standard. I want us all to do more. Absolutely. Um, at the end of the day, like, it's just like football. Like, when you – get complacent in the weight room and, and as opposed to having that one more rep mentality then he's gonna stay at that that plateau so we just gotta keep all striving for the for, for better but the nba is having a great lead right now and if we can you know incorporate some of that into our game i think it'll be great that's amazing the last i mean well one of the last things that i want to talk to you about um and it, it, it's just being uh obviously african-american a black guy who is in the NFL and you made it from a division two school. Like, I mean, is there anything that you can tell our viewers in a sense of like the hard work, the devotion and everything that you put in it, into it? Because I mean, we both went to SESU. It's a small school. You, you know, if you don't put that film together on your own, there's nobody really coming to look for you. Do you feel like you got enough of an opportunity, and do you feel like you take it? You took advantage of your opportunity because you played with the Giants during the heyday, bro. Like this is right after some titles. Like I mean, they still were a great team. How was it playing with Eli and everything else? Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, you know, at the beginning, you know, after completing my senior year, um, you know, it could have got derailed, but you know, I always looked up to, you know, I always say, Big Brother, I led the way. Because he opened up my eyes to those regional confines that I wasn't aware of that were in New Jersey. He, he went to the Jets one. I was I went to the Baltimore one um, after him. Um, but yeah, he opened up my eyes to the league at first to say like, "Hey, listen, you can do it." And then as the confidence got built up, it was just kept making strides throughout the way, whether it be working out continuously two times a day, you know, picking the right agent. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a grind. Um, People don't yeah. realize how huge that is. Yeah. Picking the yeah. right agent is huge. People do not yeah, realize. I mean, you can put yourself in a messed up situation by jumping on board with somebody who has way too many clients, <laughs> and you're at the bottom of the list. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's so, definitely a key point there. Yeah, and, it, it, it can derail, but you know, at any event, you know, like control what you can control, like what's only in control, which that was my mentality, which is my effort in the weight room and making sure I'm prepared for these opportunities to work out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a blessing, you know, playing for the Giants, being close to home. 
um, only being an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a local boy, you know, but I did grow up a Patriots fan though, so it did suck. But then, you know, I quickly uh, went away after, obviously, you know, realizing like, hey, you're you're blessed, you know. Absolutely. But yeah, it's it's definitely been a grind and kind of derailed, but you know, that was just starting my career and. I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just persistence is going to carry you a long way. You know, mm-hmm. like life's going to go on whether you, you, you do something or, or, or you don't. So you might as well do something. You know, Absolutely. Day, be proud of yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when it's your time to go, you sit there like, hey, listen, you know, I did everything I did in my power to make sure I lived the greatest life. Absolutely. You know, you know, it's hard to, you know, we battle with those demons and we have those ebbs and flows in life. But I feel like what ha- has helped me um, is throughout, I think, is one, having a great support system mm-hmm. and realizing that and, you know, letting it be known, like my family, my friends, and then also just reading and gathering as much information as possible. And then, and one of my favorite genres is self-improvement books. So absolutely, I'm getting more productive, um, decreasing procrastination because ultimately procrastination kills more dreams than hard work did. So, and that's that's the, the that's the adage I live with. So that is that's amazing because I think a lot of the times, just us as minorities, we we look at help as something that is is negative. You know what I mean? Like we, you know. It, reading those self-help books, like, those are great. Those motivational books are great. Like, these are things that help you move forward in life. You know what I mean? And the sooner that people do pick them up, the sooner that you can help yourself advance. And I feel like those are those. that's the genre, like you said, that you kind of just walk by in the bookstores. You know, you just like, all right, well, I'm just going to do what I have to do to help myself when people have already gone through this. You know what I mean? History repeats itself. And try to be on autopilot recently, but I mean, the more and more we decrease that autopilot feature and we actually control the wheel of our life and take control of that, the better off we'll be. So, Jerome, I had a 